Have you ever had an encounter with a squirrel? It's <laughs> so funny on my way here. I was there. I saw. I was. I saw a bunch of pigeons, uh, like pigeons, and whatever those other birds are, starlings or magpies or whatever they are with the kind of speckled wings. Um, finches. Uh, they're not uh, finches. Sparrows? No, they're not sparrows. Um, Robins. And they were all pecking around something, and it turned out to be a pool of vomit. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, you know, I don't think I've ever seen that in New York before. Is that a common sight? I've never seen that before. <laughs> no, but there's vomit all over the streets in New York. There it's sure one of are. the magical things about New York. I know there's it. So much vomit on the streets. But so those are birds, but you haven't had a run in with a squirrel? Uh not really. I once got attacked by a squirrel. You once got attacked by a squirrel? Okay, not really attacked. I was in college and I remember I went to Taco Bell to get the bean burrito for yeah. like during the 59, 79, 99 cent days, mm-hmm. which was a common lunch for me back in college. <laughs> and I had my backpack and I had the wrapper from a burrito I had earlier in my backpack and a squirrel jumped in it while I had <laughs> my backpack on. Is that true? And I threw my backpack off and I ran screaming around the quad <laughs> saying, there's a squirrel in my backpack, there's a squirrel in my backpack. And... Um, I always thought they were so cute with their big fluffy tails, but they're not quite as cute when they're like on your back crawling no. around and scurrying and so on. No. So were you were you okay after that? Did you survive? I I I did okay. I mean, I wasn't totally traumatized by it or anything like that, but now, well, you know, a lot of animals are very cute until they land on you. That's why they call them animals. That's that's <laughs> That's my word of wisdom. <laughs> so many lessons in today's podcast. <laughs> well, uh, I think then, Kristen, I'll have to tell you a little bit about one of the movies that is out this week that perhaps you'll be glad you didn't see, The Nut Job. Oh, no. Do squirrels land on people a lot? Well, you know, I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that and tell you, and tell you about the, the, the hard-bitten squirrel that is the center <laughs> of The Nut Job later on. Uh, that's an animated film, but not, not at all the big release uh, this week. We also are going to talk about Ride Along, the Ice Cube, Kevin Hart Buddy Cop Comedy, and, of course, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Not Shadow Dancer. Not Shadow Dancer. (laughs) As I thought it was. (laughs) Much as you wanted it to be, but it is not. Uh, It's the Tom Clancy reboot. We'll get to all of that in a minute, plus our Oscar uh, recap. The Oscars were announced earlier this week. We'll talk about who we think should win and who we think will win. And uh, But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Date. Okay, let's discuss... Right Along first. Kristen, do you want to give us a brief uh, yeah. recap of Right Along? Well, this is a certain genre none of us have seen before. Two mismatched guys in a cop car <laughs> driving around, facing trouble, fighting One, crime. One's hyperactive and squirrely and the other is... Straight-laced uh, and all no, business. No nonsense. Yes, but maybe the one who's no nonsense is also a loose cannon when it comes down to it. A lone wolf. That's right. I forgot about that. Yes, he is. of course. <laughs> but in this movie, what we have is Kevin Hart... A young, earnest man who wants to marry his girlfriend, but his girlfriend has an older brother who's very protective, overly protective, you might say, played by Ice Cube. And Ice Cube actually is a cop, actually does fight all sorts of crazy criminals, narcotics criminals, Serbian warlords. I don't know what they are. And, And Kevin Hart goes on a ride along to prove himself. Let's play a clip. Oh, damn, it's Sir Screaming Life. That's not, I was responding to a hostile situation, James. 
I have no shame in that. You call for backup when there's a hostile situation. I wasn't calling for backup. That was a high-pitched scream. And you pushed my sister in the way. I pushed your sister out of harm's way. Well, here's here's your favorite comedian, oh, Kristen. Oh, <laughs> I do have to say in this movie, I found him totally a lot more likable than usual. Oh, you found him like You know, I think he actually is quite likable. Yeah, um, he, he just came off as more human in this one, even though sometimes he did go off a little too long on his shtick. Because he frequently does the, I'm a wacky guy shtick. Yeah. And... You know, he does that in this movie, too, but I felt that he was earnest and human underneath it all, and there's something really likable about him in this movie. I totally agree. I, I think I think that's what works so well with him in Think Like a Man, um, which, which I know— Which I disagree with. I love Think Like a Man, but I thought that But you hated him? I just felt like sometimes his, you know, little monologues went on way too long. Oh, his, oh. His screechy—and then another thing about women— yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got sort of he's 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 doing the 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 Chris the Chris Tucker you know mile a minute sort of shtick. I think Kevin yeah. Hart. Yeah. Um, but I I liked him in Think Like a Man, and that was directed. These movies are directed by the same director, Tim Story. So I kind of had high hopes for this movie, thinking that especially it seems like it's been a long time since I've seen Ice Cube in a in a uh, actual role. You I know, mean, he used to do all these great rowdy comedies like yeah. Barbershop and Friday and things. Um, even even lottery ticket, as I recall, he was he was kind of okay. <laughs> um, you heard it from Ray Frigger's mind. There, see lottery ticket. There you go. Rush, rush out, <laughs> rush out. Plunk down your two ninety nine on iTunes and rent lottery ticket. No, don't do that. But I I do like Ice Cube. I, I've always liked Ice Cube, and so I kind of had high hopes for the film. And it was pretty disappointing, I thought. Yeah, what did you to, think? I have to agree with you. While the characters were likable enough, the biggest issue with this movie is it's not funny. It's a <laughs> comedy, and it is not funny. I laughed out loud once, I think, and that's because text messages were being exchanged between Kevin Hart and his girlfriend. Yes, yes. And you could see the text messages on the screen. I laughed because they ordered pizza. Yes. That's the only point I laughed <laughs> in the whole movie. And it's so sad because this should have been a funny movie. I kept wondering why, why you know, it's it's your typical setup, you know. So the little the little small guy is going to try and prove that he's got what it takes because he also wants to be a cop, you know. He wants to impress Ice Cube, so he's going to. Ice Cube keeps telling him to handle these situations. So you've got the the, the angry bikers, you've got the the uh, the strip, you know, the strip club full of armed thugs. You've got the little kid on the playground and, you know, Kevin Hart's going to try and get some information out of the little kid. And every scene, they start out with this big promising premise and then the, the scene kind of loses its energy and then it just kind of ends. And I kept thinking, why does this keep happening over and over? And the reason is because Kevin Hart... He never surprises us, right? No. He's supposed to be the guy who's like, I'm short, but I can fight. And, you know, I may be the video game nerd, but I can shoot. Or I may be the blabbermouth, but people like me. But none of those things are true. He can't fight. He can't shoot. Nobody likes him. And he, <laughs> and he never – so every scene is kind of like, where's the, where's the magical part where suddenly you realize, oh, you've got all these interesting, cool qualities and these assets that are going to that are gonna help you and Ice Cube break the case – he doesn't have any of those. No, no, I mean, it's a bad date. You don't want it that is. to happen on a date where there's a, there's a blabbermouth who says he has a lot of promise. And then on, by the end of the date, you're like, this date sucks. <laughs> this date you sucks. actually don't have any This guy doesn't have any promise at all, right? No. It's strange. It's no, a strange. Please drop me off at home. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't want to ride along with you anymore. Oh. Or we are not getting in your backseat. But no, bum. Yeah, <laughs> bad date. You're right, Kristen. Oh, and bad puns. <laughs> and <laughs> good puns. Better Better puns from you than in the film, I would say. Oh, good. All right. So, listen, I'm going to uh, tell you very quickly, Kristen. About squirrel attacks. About 
about squirrel attacks. I'm going to tell you about The Nut Job. This is your worst nightmare. It is an animated kids film about uh, Surly the Squirrel uh, with the voice of Will Arnett. He is a loner in uh, the park. The, the, the park is called Liberty Park. The city is called Oakton. We can just all pretend like it's New York City and it's Central Park. That's exactly what it's supposed to look like. Um, but he is the, he's the loner in the park. The other critters don't like him. He refuses to help gather food in the winter. He's, you know, he's the guy who's looking out for number one. He's got a better idea. He's going to knock over a nut store nearby. And uh, as it happens, this nut store is also uh, being used as a front for a human group of mobsters who are robbing a nearby bank. So you kind of have two heists going on at the same time. Uh, Catherine Heigl is in this movie as uh, Andy, the, the girl squirrel. Uh, also, Brendan Fraser, play, uh, Brendan Fraser excuse me, plays uh, Grayson, who is the kind of macho buffoon uh, hero squirrel. And here's a clip. We got to get those nuts before the rest of the park gets in on this. Let's go over the plan. That's us. There's the card. We rob the card and then stuff ourselves silly all winter. Oh, great. We got company. Are you scared, Kristen? I'm so scared. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so scared that I'm not even going to go out and see that movie. I have to say, I thought this was an interesting idea for a movie. I liked the idea of this. Squirrels planning a heist of a nut store. I think that's funny. I don't know if that sounds like a very You don't think that sounds funny? I don't know. It sounds a little bit too much like, look, I'm a snail who wants to go fast. I'm a... I mean, it's like, uh, it seems a little obvious to me. But... I'm a rat who wants to cook. Uh, actually, one of the screenwriters is one of the screenwriters from Ratatouille in this movie. Um, I Anyway, I thought the premise sounded really fun. And what's kind of odd about this movie is that it takes the premise actually quite seriously. And so you get a little bit over-involved in the details of the heist like of the nut idea, shop. I that though. You I mean, Because I, I love heist movies. I don't heist think... movies are so fun. It's like, oh, I have a secret identity. I'm handing off this form to you. I'm meeting you at this point. I'm sneaking in here. You know. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but this becomes sort of... I think what they should have done is modeled this after something kind of fun and frothy like um, Ocean's Eleven or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But instead, they seem to be modeling it on actual old film noirs from the 40s and 50s, like the killing or like the oh big heat God. or something. And Ugh. the Surly the Squirrel, the main character, you, you know, you, you keep thinking he's going to be the kind of anti-hero. He's going to be the William Holden type, right? Who is, you know, doesn't want anything to do with everybody. But in the end, he's kind of got a heart of gold, which sort of turns out to be true. But he's so freaking hard bitten throughout the whole movie. He keeps ditching everybody, betraying people, you know, keep like insisting on his cut. He's like a real... He's pretty street. And after a while, I was kind of like, I'm not really sure I like this character that much. You've, you've painted almost a too, you know, too effective a picture of like this kind of cynical loner squirrel. I don't, I don't quite get it. So it's a bad date. Yeah, yeah. It's, I found this a bad date, and I was really I was disappointed in that. The only other thing I will say to you um, is that this film was funded partly by, the, uh, I think, the Culture of Ministry or the Ministry of Culture in um, uh, South Korea. And so the film ends, which explains to me, uh, I had to look this up, that explains to me why the film ends with uh, Gangnam Style, an entire animated version of Gangnam Style with with an animated version of Psy, the rapper. So weird. Really weird. Uh, That didn't help matters for me. So weird. The closing credits did not help matters. So sadly, yet another surprise, surprise, yet another bad kid date. just weird. Yeah, very strange. Very strange. What a peculiar end to a bad date. I know. know, Weird. Yeah, I guess we've all been on dates like that before.
Well, <laughs> let's let's move on to the meaty movie of the week. Jack yes. Ryan, Shadow Dancer. Now, this is all about recruit. dancing with shadows. Shadow recruit, for oh, God's sake. Oh, God, that's Kristen. right. Kristen, <laughs> shadow recruit. But remember, right from when we went to see this, I actually did think it was called Shadow Dancer. <laughs> we went in a theater. I'm like, ah, oh, Shadow Dancer. <laughs> you had to correct me that that was not the name of the movie. I wanted to make sure. I wanted to manage your expectations. <laughs> I. It would have been fun if it was Shadow Dancer. It might have been. But you, well, we'll see how you feel and how I feel about this in a minute. But uh, let's describe this first. What do we have here? This is the fifth Jack Ryan film, uh, the fourth Jack Ryan actor. So in the past, we had uh, Alec Baldwin first, right? Then, then Harrison Ford. Then Harrison Ford in two movies. Then finally, um, Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck. Uh, took it over and killed it all for us in 2002. <laughs> and then uh, – so the, 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 the franchise has basically been laying dormant for about 10 years. Now comes Chris Pine who's going to play Jack Ryan and he's going to give him sort of a, a boyish, Boy Scout, fresh – kind of idealistic uh, uh, appeal. Um, he is a guy who's studying at the London School of Economics. He's a economics whiz, sees 9-11, decides, that's it, I'm dropping out, I'm going to join the Marines. A missile strikes his, cho- his uh, helicopter. He lands back in America. He falls in love with his physical therapist, Kira Knightley. And then he is recruited by Kevin Costner, who plays a kind of CIA spook. And here's a clip. These are dangerous people, Kathy. You cannot be here. If you told me who you really were, I, I took an oath. I couldn't tell you unless we were married. Oh, you wouldn't marry that's me. That's why you wanted to marry me? So that you had you could no, tell somebody come you were on, in the of course not. I, You I'm... lied to me for three years and you were good at it. I think you actually Kathy, enjoyed it. Can we have a, 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 a minute, please? No, you can't. I would like to talk to Jack This is Lowe, geopolitics. Please. It's not couples therapy. Now, once he is recruited by Kevin Costner, he is supposed to be just an analyst looking at numbers using his brilliant math brain. And while he's analyzing numbers, he sees the potential for some sort of economic attack on America yes. by the Russians. By the Russians. <laughs> we shouldn't – is that racist? Does that sound bad when we're like imitating Russian? I would say films? it's only as racist as the film. Oh, snap. Let's well, hear your thoughts on this, Ray. Okay. Let's hear it. I think to me what seems so weird about this movie is here you have a chance to reboot the Tom Clancy franchise, which was a kind of a last vestiges of the Cold War franchise in the first place, right? 90s, this, thing, this franchise started. You have a chance to bring it into the modern era. You've got all these other kind of problems that we have, you know, Wall Street and financial corruption and, you know, the Central Intelligence Agency has not been looking great. As Jack Ryan says, you know, I don't know if I want to work for a place that's known for waterboarding, Mm, Um, you know, uh, uh, terrorism. All these things are happening. And we go back to the Russians the Russians who are saying the things Russians like, are fun enemies, we are though. going to avenge Mother Russia. You America know, will bleed. You know what's fun, though, about this? I think America has fatigue when it comes to things like Al-Qaeda and with, you know, these very mysterious Middle Eastern enemies and all of these things that are just, it, it's too amorphous. It's too complicated. We don't really understand who our enemy is. And I don't think we have understood who our enemy is. Sure. September 11th. And there's something almost nostalgic about having kind of just a fun Russian bad guy. And I also think that we're running out of people to use as our bad guys, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> like, how many bad guys can we have? Right now, Russian bad guys totally timely. We all think Putin's crazy. And we, well, but we see what happens with Pussy Riot. We see what happens with the Olympics. We see what happens with gay people. Right. And it's like, now's a great time to have a Russian bad guy. And we're not that scared of Russians. So well, but, kinda, that, but that's to, but that to me is the problem. I mean, I mean, you know, that 
it, the film is just so dated. It's 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 not it's not Putin's Russia, right? And here you have the prime minister played by Mikhail Baryshnikov, awesome. right? If you want to date stamp your film, I, I, mean, I really couldn't believe if you wanted to bring your film into the modern era, you'd have Mikhail Baryshnikov <laughs> play the Russian prime minister. I just thought, are you, are you kidding me? You're going to have Mikhail Baryshnikov? Why don't you bring in Gregory Hines? You guys can just tap dance your way out of the entire <laughs> oh, thing. they dance beautifully in that movie. They do, it's I just true. love that. It's, it's true. so good. But Shadow dancer. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what's why, that's why it should have been called, it Shadow, been called dancer. Shadow Dancer. Oh, oh. If there were dance-offs, I've always said this. I would, like more, I would like more movies to have dance-offs instead of shootouts. Instead of shootouts, I yeah, know. It, well, it, you're, you're a lover, not a fighter, Kristen. I am. But all that being said, I will say, full disclosure, this is, I think, my first Jack Ryan movie. I don't think I saw the other ones. I went in completely blind, cold to all of it. I thought it was totally serviceable as an espionage spy I'll movie. Oh, be darned. Totally serviceable. I always like movies where you get to see the mechanics of, I'm handing off this document to you. I'm meeting you in a dark theater. I look I'm like banging I look... away on a laptop and waiting for the files to download. I've never seen that before. My heart is racing. Oh my god, the sweat is dripping from my brow while you bang, while you bang that laptop. Oh my god, I bumped into you, but I actually stole your wallet. I bumped into you again, and I dropped another. And I put wallet it in back. Yes. That's so clever. I love it. God, love it. That's the CIA right there. Oh god. All right. So you think this is a lousy? Date. I thought it was a failure. I thought this film was a terrible, terrible film. I thought I thought it was I thought it was like watching a bad film from the actual eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was totally serviceable. Wow. Which, which is not a, like, obviously, it's not a stellar compliment. No, to it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it gets the job done. Okay? All right. Whoa. Sometimes you just need the job done. Okie dokie. Yes. All right. So, serviceable date. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wish that date had serviced me a little better. Ooh. Ooh right okay. Snap. <laughs> All right. Let's get some Oscars up in here. Yes, let's do some Oscar business. So here are the leaders. Here's how it's breaking down. In the lead, 10 nominations apiece, American Hustle, which I expected, yes. and Gravity, which uh, I did not quite expect, although uh, I do think that's mostly tech. No, tech no, it behind... best picture, hello, best yeah, but you're actor, not, you're best not seeing it. Uh, you're not seeing it in, you know, you're not seeing it all, you're not seeing it all over in like the, all the acting categories. I know what you're saying, but I, but I think the reason it wound up with 10 is because you've got visual effects and sound and things like that, which is a little less the case with American Hustle. Um, anyway. Trailing behind those two with nine nominee, uh, nominations is 12 Years a Slave. And then third place, you've got uh, three films tied for third place, six nominations apiece, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, and Nebraska. So that's the lead. Let's um, let's talk about snubs a little bit here. Yeah, let's talk about snubs because there were a few. There were a few that I think, I think a lot of people were probably surprised by the actor in a leading role. So – what we have as our nominations are Bruce Stern for Nebraska, Chiwetel Ejiofor for 12 Years a Slave, Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers, Christian Bale for American Hustle, and Leo DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, Ray, for a few weeks ago on this podcast, you made a prediction of who would get the nominations. Indeed. You predicted Tom Hanks and Robert Redford would get nominations. They're nowhere on this they list. They are nowhere on this list. I did not think that Christian Bale or Leonardo DiCaprio would be on this list, and yet there they are. I'm uh, glad that Christian Bale got a nomination, though. I think I told you recently that I thought that he was terrific in America. Oh, he's Hustle. great. No, he's, totally he's, transforms himself in this role. He's totally great, and and I, I want to say that I was not um, – personally, I never really thought that either – Redford or Hanks were were would have been if I if I if, it, if the nominations were mine to choose I would not have put Hanks.
Banks or uh, Redford in there. I just thought for sure they would show up. But surprisingly, no. Um, who else do well, you think got snubbed? I think in the lead uh, categories, again, for acting, for actress, I think a lot of people are surprised. Um, here are the nominees for actress in a leading role. Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, as expected. Sandra Bullock for Gravity. Judy Dench for Philomena. Meryl Streep for August. Osage County. And Amy Adams for American Hustle. Now, I think that a lot of people were surprised that Emma Thompson didn't yeah. get a nomination for that. No, for, Emma Thompson. Yeah, for um, uh, saving Mr. Banks. Yeah, and then some people thought Julia Louis Dreyfus should have gotten a nomination. I um, heard that, but that seemed like a long shot to me. Yeah, that was that was a very said. yeah mm-hmm. small indie film um, and kind of a, kind of a light comedy drama. I'm not I'm not surprised that she was not in there. You know who I would have loved to have gotten a nomination? Who? Melissa McCarthy from The Heat. From The Heat. <laughs> I know you're laughing at me. I, you know, my look, gosh. I you love know, every, that movie. You know, movie, I loved it. Yeah, and every movie she's in. And she just kind of steals the whole show. She's I, so I agree. good. Remember in um, Bridesmaids? She yes. She the heart and soul of that movie. I loved her in Identity Thief. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> A movie I didn't like, but I love her. Yeah, I always she was great. Her. Yeah, she's great. So I was kind of hoping that there would be some sort of surprise nomination like Melissa McCarthy, even though I knew it was unlikely. I think in that category, um, you know, who's to say who took what from whom? But uh, looking at it, it, it appears that Meryl Streep took that away from Emma from Emma Thompson. Ooh, how dare you ever speak ill Catty. of Meryl Streep. So catty. And what a terrible, <laughs> terrible film August Osage <laughs> County was. Uh, but right. yeah, there you go. Those are the snubs. And of, and of course, also, um, nothing for Oprah Winfrey. No, nothing for Oprah Winfrey. And I, I'm going to say also, I kind of, I consider this a snub. I don't know if anyone else does. I think Sarah Paulson should have gotten a nomination for 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. She played one of the most complex roles on the screen this year, I think, of any of the roles for women. There weren't a lot of good roles for women, but... There weren't. There weren't this year. But she was playing such a complex character. You're playing the slave owner's wife. You're witnessing brutality. You kind of hate your life. Your husband is in love with one of the slaves. You're violently angry all the time. You're manipulative. Plus, you have sympathy, but not that much sympathy. And I just felt like she did an amazing job playing a character that we don't normally see that character at all and definitely not played like the way she's played. I just... I really wanted her to get a nomination. I was um, a little yeah. sad to see she didn't get one. She was good, and I would have said for my, for my own uh, my own personal snub that I I, I feel was was wrongly left out was um, David Oyelowo in The Butler. Uh, I thought uh, I would have I would have oh, nominated him son. for yeah I would have nominated him for supporting actor. I I really feel like that movie would have been completely worthless without him and um, without his without his character, who's kind of an invented character. And I thought he just was fantastic in that role. I thought he was so good, even though I did, I did not like the movie at all. But he was amazing. I would have nominated him. Mm, wow, those but are our snubs. Sadly, but, no. Uh, and, yeah. and and um, but there were a couple of uh, one surprise that I think uh, in this in in the uh, supporting uh, actor category that I was very glad to see was Jonah Hill for yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, you really wanted him. He is now a twice-nominated twice, uh, Oscar guy. Whoever would have thought watching Superbad that this young man <laughs> would go on to such great heights. I know, and, he, and I got to say, I think he deserves it. He is the best thing about the Wolf of Wall Street. He is so weird and funny and um, vulnerable and interesting. I just, every time he was on the screen, I would just crack up. He was such a such a... A strange and real character to me in that film. 
Mm. Well, I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, you never went and saw it? Oh, yeah. I'm I going to were, see it. No, I was going to see it Christmas, but they were it. sold out. Well, it's three hours. You're not going to see that movie. Oh, God. I have to. I'm a film critic. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's too late now. The Oscar nominations are already done. Forget it. Don't go see it. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> All right. Do you want to make a couple predictions? Do you want to predict who you think will win for lead actor? Yeah. Okay. So I am predicting because I want it to be the case. I think Matthew McConaughey for uh, Dallas Buyers. I really want it to be the case. I, I want it to it. be the case too. And I think I think he's going to get that. I think I think with I I I wasn't sure, but now that the Globe has come in for him. I think that really boosts his profile, and it makes me think that maybe he really does have a chance of getting that. And yeah. I, I really and he hope he does. Also, won the Critics' Choice Award. He's won. He's oh, won yes. a lot of awards. So yes. Um, any other predictions you want to make? Um, I will go for uh, for lead actress. Oh I come think. on, that's a gimme. Though. I know it's we a gimme. I'm just saying. Kate Blanchett. I know there's it's going to be Kate Blanchett. I know. I know it. Yeah, I know she's it. nominated and she wins. And there's really and there's really I think this is kind of what what you were saying though. Um, the competition, even though you've got these major names in there, the competition is kind of slim. The ro- the roles yeah. are slim ones, it's right? Such crap roles for women. Yeah, this year. Sandra Bullock, and this you year. know the, the Judy Dench role was good in, in Philomena, but I don't think that's really Oscar quality. The, no one really liked August Osage County, no matter what they say. And then uh, Amy Adams for American Hustle. I, Amy Adams would be, I think. Kate Blanchett's closest competitor there, but I, I just, I think Kate Blanchett's got it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And, oh, uh, God. Yeah. You know what, Hollywood? Have better roles for women. Okay? <laughs> Look, I hear you. You know what? I'm going to give them some advice that Gina Davis, do you know she has this Institute for Gender and Media? And she has two tips, which I think Hollywood just needs to start doing. One, when you're doing your script writing, change half the names to women's names. Okay. Just change half the names. You sure, know, sure. You can have it all be Tom and Jeff and Bradley, and then in the end, just like take all the Bradleys and turn them into Bonnies. And <laughs> take all the, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. And then the other thing she says is that for all crowd scenes, crowd scenes are only 17% female across films. 17%. That's interesting. And she said even that can really skew the world, you know, huh. even if it's a big crowd scene. And she says all casting call directors should say, the scene must be 50% women. Interesting. Yeah. It would just change a lot of things. Interesting. Yeah. So go Gina Davis Institute. Yeah. All right. Well, all good. Right. Good. Which, uh, uh, so, all right. So give us, uh, give us your prediction for supporting actress. Um, so supporting actress. Kind of a tough one. It's a tough one, but I think that it's probably going to go to Jennifer Lawrence. She's Again. the sweetheart right now. Again, you Everyone think it is, her. yeah. She's the sweetheart. I would love Lapita Nyong'o to get it. Me too. I would love her to get that for 12 years, but yeah, she's she's just not getting it this year. No, I think they you're just, right. You know, they just keep on giving it to Jennifer Lawrence over and over again. Yep, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, right. What about actor in a supporting role? Also a gimme. I think that's going to go to Jared Leto. As for, well uh, he deserves well, it. As well it yeah. should. Although, uh, you know, again, it's a it's a great category. Um, Bradley Cooper was great in American Hustle. I thought Michael Fassbender was really good um, in 12 Years a Slave. And I, and I loved Barkhad Abdi in Captain Phillips. He was yes, great. The guy was great. <laughs> I, know you did, I know you were not a fan. But I think Jared Leto's going to get that, and I think he totally deserves it. Um, so, best director? Oh, you know I don't care about this category. Oh, but... <laughs> come on. Just give us your prediction. Just pick a name. Pick All a right. name. We have Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity, Steve McQueen for 12 years. We have Alexander Payne for Nebraska. We have David O. Russell for American Hustle, Martin Scorsese for Wolf of Wall Street. Steve McQueen's going to get it. Steve McQueen is probably uh, – actually, I don't think Steve McQueen is going to get it. I think Alfonso Cuaron is going to get that. Interesting. I think it's going to be one of the first years in a while where they split – 
the difference between Best Picture and Best Director. I think Quaron will get it for Director uh, for Gravity, but I think Best Picture will go to 12 Years a Slave. Interesting. I think 12 Years is going to get the directing, and if it doesn't get Best Picture, American Hustle will get it. I think that's that's clear, but I think it's going to go to Twelve Years a Slave. All right. I think I think uh, American Hustle will win all the all the all the juicy acting awards and such. Um, it will probably win for uh, original screenplay, and um, but I think I think you're right. I think Twelve Years a Slave will get Best Picture. All right. Well, we'll reconvene in a few weeks and see who's right and who's wrong. We'll see what happens on March second. Yes. All right. Well, before we go, as always, let's do our trivia. First of all, big mea culpa. My oh, God. Kristen. I really screwed up last week. Oh, it's I no really, biggie. I, I, and I love that the listeners were able to have a sense of humor about it. <laughs> Dozens of you. Yes, that's right. Dozens of you called and wrote in to point out that I actually, in the end of last week's podcast, accidentally blurted out what the answer was. So Oops. last week we asked, uh, in honor of Rennie Harlan, because he directed the movie we reviewed last week. The Legend of Hercules. Uh, yes, which you don't need to see. No. Um, he directed that and... We were mentioning that at one point he was uh, uh, with Gina Davis romantically and professionally, and we asked you to tell us what pirate movie they made together. It was Cutthroat Island, and... But you knew that because Kristen said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So this week, this week, we are going to give you two trivia questions to make up for that because we want to, yeah, we, we want to give you guys a chance to actually answer trivia questions and not have me answer them for you. <laughs> All right. So let's start off with our first trivia question, Rafer. All right. So uh, we're going to do a couple of Oscar-based uh, trivia questions, one of which will be on actresses. So looking at all the actresses in both categories, supporting and leading, name the actress who has already won an Oscar for playing another Oscar winner. I'll repeat that because it's kind of it's kind of meta. <laughs> name name the actress who has already won an Oscar for playing another Oscar winner. Ooh, that's a lot of trivia inside trivia there. <laughs> it's, that's right. a, it's a trivia, trivia wrapped in a trivia. <laughs> inside a trivia. <laughs> All right, so that is trivia question number 1. Trivia question number two this week. Of all of the actors nominated this year, all of the actors nominated in both leading and in supporting roles, we're going to play a clip of a movie, a a little musical clip, and we're going to ask you which of all of the nominees appeared in this wonderful movie. So that's what they call a family, mother, daughter, father, son. Guess that everything you've heard about is true. If you know the answer to either of these questions, or to both of them even, yes. give us a call at 5717movies. Or you can log on to our website at facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast. As usual, we'll choose one random winner for the questions and... Maybe this week I won't blab out the answer, so we'll just, <laughs> we'll just leave try it right not there. To, try just, not. I'm stop, not going to blab anything. Stop, i got to stop. stop talking. Stop talking. For a dream of night's the only time of day When the city's finally sleeping When my thoughts begin to stray And I'm on the train that's bound for Santa Fe And I'm free like the wind, like I'm gonna live forever.
Jesus, we